Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Today, we've got an episode that I'm super excited to bring to my audience. Uh, We've got a friend of mine who I've gotten to know pretty well over the last few years. We met in a mastermind. And as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I'm a huge uh, proponent of masterminds because not only you know the information that you go in thinking that you're going to know and learn and and the benefit it brings to your life but also the amazing humans that you get to meet along the way and Jim Carter is one of those humans uh we met in Chris Harder's elite mastermind and we've been on several trips together since then with a a mutual friend of ours Kyle Depies and every time I have a conversation with Jim uh my eyes and ears and my brain and my knowledge of the world just gets expanded so Jim, thank you for being on the show. Mike, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm super excited to get into this episode because you have an experience and a background. Every time I've ever been with you, um, I'm I'm like, okay, how do I how do I share my challenge with Jim? Because you're just a wealth of knowledge and information, and you're helping so many entrepreneurs and business owners really figure out the marketing world, which has changed so much. And we're going to get into all that. But first and foremost, let's get into the four questions. So if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what do you think that would be? The greatest impact on my success would be early mentorship. Um, When I was really young, um, I got, I'd like, the way I like to say it is I got an unfair advantage from my scoutmaster when I was a boy. Um, I had gotten, he, he got me into technology, basically. I knew I had the passion for it, but I didn't know where to start. And because of his generosity, uh, that really jump-started me into my career and has just given me so much forward momentum that I can't even imagine um, not being able to have otherwise. So generosity through just somebody trying to give without expectation. I love it. If you had one single piece of advice that you find yourself sharing with people the most, what would that be? In this season of my life, it's leaning in. I have really leaned back for a good majority of my life. I've, I've always withheld. I've, I've, I didn't decide to take that leap or that jump. And for, for about 20 years, I was a software engineer and I was just kind of hidden behind the keyboard and the computer. Um, and I'm finally actually leaning in, doing more things like this, joining on podcasts, teaching in masterminds, joining masterminds. And ever since I decided to do that, it has just substantially brought more wealth and just more wonderful humans into my world. What do you think that is about? Um, cause it's not obviously just you. I mean, all of us, I mean, even when we joined, when I joined Chris's mastermind, like one of the main reasons Carol was actually, I didn't even know who Chris was, to be honest. Um, we probably never talked about this, but Carol was talking about how, so this was, uh, gosh, that was going into 2020, I guess. So it would have been 2019. Um, yeah. So fall 2019, Carol's like, Hey, we should uh, look at this mastermind that Chris Harder is doing. And I'm like, who's Chris Harder? And I kind of looked him up and, you know, at first I was like, oh, he's, you know, an online marketing guy. And then I started thinking about the, the principle that you're even talking about, like, you know, withholding and not leaning in. And I knew that year, which we're going to get into some of this, but I knew that I needed to, um, you know, start building my personal brand. And I knew there was a podcast in me and, you know, having raised capital and, and, and been out, you know, acquiring properties with investors and everything else. I'm like, I was dancing around this idea of needing to build that personal brand. 
but I wasn't leaning in, as you said. And so all of a sudden it clicked for me that year. Like I need to join this mastermind. I went and told Kara, I'm like, I'm joining Chris's mastermind. And she was like, what? Cause you know, like two months before that, I'm like, who's Chris. And right. I was like, I don't really, why would I want to join? I literally told her, I'm like, why would I want to join that mastermind? But then, so here's my question. You're leaning in and not withholding. What do you think for yourself, but the rest of us too, like what causes us to hold back? God, so many things. Everybody's cut differently, right? I'm, I'm a lot more of a, I'm a lot more of a humble individual. So our, our, our common friend, Tracy O'Malley, um, I, I just recently did the Enneagram with her and I was like, Tracy, you need to explain who I am to me <laughs> once and for all. And, you know, going through that, doing disc assessments, like actually just getting to know me a little bit more, I found that my superpower is actually just the way that I am, right? And I think that that's, that's the way that we always have to process it for each of us, right? We all have our own superpowers, but if we don't actually show, if we don't do that for good, then is it really a superpower? Kind of like that, that very theoretical type of question. So where I knew I had this ability to impact and to do the things that I love to do, well, I may be doing them, you know, personally or professionally, but if I'm not actually promoting it, if I'm, if I'm not sharing it with the world, if I'm not showing up, then am I really that person that I feel like I was destined to be? So the more that I started to get really clear about that and understand that I don't have to be the really fancy CEO that jumps around and dances. I don't have to be well-known. I don't have to have a million followers. What I do need to do though is actually speak up and make sure that everybody understands that this is my position because how else would I ever get anything that I want if I don't ask for help? You know, it's such an interesting point too, because, and this is a, I think sometimes people from the outside, they look at a, you know, a Jim Carter or Chris Harder as, as we've brought up or, or, you know, me. And I've, I, so many people have told me like, man, you make the podcast sound like so easy. And, you know, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, man, this is excruciating, right? Like I'm getting more comfortable with it. But the thing that I love about the podcast as a whole is it has allowed me to have, you can't have 30 to 45 minute to sometimes one hour conversations with people and not really get to know them. And I mean, I can't walk away from a 45 minute conversation with you and, and not have some kind of intimate connection with you, um, which most people wouldn't realize this, but I hate, I'm not an introvert in any way, shape or form, but I hate going into a conference or a room or, or whatever, and, and trying to strike up a conversation. Right. But having like a podcast and having a personal brand and all of that kind of allows you to, um, I almost build this alter ego too. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. Right. And I think sometimes from, you know, people from the outside think that, oh, well that's Mike or that's Jim or that's Chris or whatever. And it's just easy. And it sounds like that's not necessarily the case. Right. Yeah. And, and same for me. Right. So, uh, Tracy told me I'm an Enneagram five and, you know, out of everything that she knows about she's just for everybody who doesn't know Tracy here, she's just an Enneagram expert. She's meticulously studied it for years, her podcast, she pulls people in and does live profiling and just breaks everything down. Her thing is if I needed to be stuck on an Island with anyone, what would it be? And her thing is it would be an Enneagram five. <laughs> and, um, what I love about that is I'm like, yeah, actually, if I needed to be stuck on an Island, I think I would want somebody like me too, because we're going to figure shit out. <laughs> so the ability to really just stand in your truth, but lean forward into it. I guess that's what I'm getting at is I spent so many years still very proud of what I've accomplished and what I've done. But I didn't talk about it. 
And when somebody would say, thank you, I'd say, no problem. But, you know, kind of flipping that mindset where now it's like, you're absolutely welcome. I'm happy to offer that. And I'm, I'm happy to do that because this is what I love to do. Same for you, man. You know, it, this could be an excruciating thing to, to put together because of your archetype. But at the end of the day, look at how many people you get to impact because you just share the message. And I just, I love that about you too. Appreciate it. Well, and you bring up such a valid point too, because you were talking about your superpower and we all have, I mean, we might have people listening right now that are like, okay, well, you know, Jim's got some great contribution to the world or, or Mike does or whoever, but you know, we get in our own head, which we're, we're all there all the time. But the reality is I think every one of us is here to make some form of genuine contribution to the world. And if we don't tell, as we get into the personal brand side of this, um, which I'm curious your thoughts as, as we get into it here in a few minutes, um, if we don't utilize the tools really, and, and the way that the w- world works today um, to really further our message, Karen, and I talk about this a lot. Like we're actually robbing other people who need our gifts and need our talents and need our message. And the thing that I've you know found myself saying as Kara and I have you know built out the couple's mastermind and everything else, if only one couple showed up, would I still do it? And the answer is yes. And I've asked people, you know, so many times they're like, well, what if I launch a podcast or you know, what if I go live and only one person shows up? And I ask the question all the time, well, you know, if you were going to go to lunch with somebody that asked for your help. And there was only one person at that lunch, would you still go? Of course you would. If you knew you were only going to impact one person with the message you were going to share today, would you still share that message? Of course you would. The problem with social media and everything else is we don't, we don't genuinely know, you know what that impact's going to have until we start moving through it. So the, the point I want to make, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this, Karen and I constantly talk about this and share this. If you don't show up and share your truth in the world, you're literally potentially robbing somebody of something that could change their whole trajectory. Completely, man. I, I love the way you put that together. It got me thinking of another analogy. What if, what if the bus company didn't run buses because they thought that only one or two people would actually hop on the bus? Hmm. Or what if the airline started canceling flights because they just didn't feel like people would actually go from LA to Denver or you know anything in between? But they still show up. They still do their thing. They still grow, even if it may come at a loss temporarily, because they know that the more consistent they are, people are going to start to come, right? It's the, if you build it, they will come kind of idea. But I think it's a little bit more advanced than that, which is if you build it, they may or may not come, but you still got to talk about it. You, you still have to, you still have to stand in your truth and you, you have to show that it's worth it. So yeah, for, for me, it's, I may not be the most seasoned entrepreneur. I may not be the most expert in that one niche field. And we can all fall victim to that same type of methodology and thoughts. Mike, you may think that you're nowhere compared to some people who have made other investments in their life or other big successful wins, but you still have done a lot. You, you still have impacted people. You still have showed up. And when I got really clear about that same thing, I still have brought companies from nothing to millions. I still have built massive software endeavors, uh, huge backend systems. I, I've supported tons of initiatives in my life, but if I don't talk about them, then do they actually happen? Or are they, are they worth me promoting and being proud of? So the more that I get comfortable with actually raising my hand and being like, yeah, I am good at this. <laughs> I just, everything starts to fall in line, but it has to start with something. And if you feel like you don't have those wins, I would challenge you just to write an email to yourself, like recapping some of the highlights of the things that you've done. And you'll actually find that you might want to forward it to somebody. 
<laughs> I recently did that last week. A friend of mine, um, let's just say we're talking like a Fortune 20 company. Uh, he, old, old friend of mine, dear friend, we've worked together in the past on a lot of different ventures. Um, he's now very high up in sort of a conglomerate of one of those companies. And he texts me, he's like, hey, you want to do some SEO consulting for X business name? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, of course I would. You know, and I was like, tell me some more. He gave me some details. I'm like, tell you what, let me just send you a highlight reel of what I can do to, to really serve those people. And I kind of put it off for a minute. You know, I, I still fall victim to this all the time, right? Like I'm human, just like everybody else. But when I sat down, put my headphones on, kids were kind of playing, you know, doing their thing. I just started typing out some of my favorite highlight reels of everything that I had done exactly for what they were looking for. And I was like, damn, I've, I, I'm kind of a badass like this, this, this worked and I haven't been like that forever. But when we realize that that's how everybody else sees us and we're our own worst enemy, the ability to say, I just have to keep trying. I just have to keep showing up because I'm gonna call my shot when this deal goes through and I'm able to support this company. Guess what's moving up to the next bullet point on the new highlight reel. So if we never try, if we never keep running the bus, like what? Why, why, why aren't we leading in? Why aren't we just trying? I love that so much. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, of course, we all deal with insecurities and all the things that you measure. Like, why would somebody listen to me when there's, you know, already this guy or this guy or this guy? And, but, but the reality is there's so many humans. Um, I, I love it because I've been in a lot of audiences where, you know, Robert Kiyosaki has been there. And, you know, he always says, how many of you have, you know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which that book changed a lot of people's lives, especially in the investing circle. And you'll see like, even in a, like all these rooms that I've been in with him, you'll see 85% of the hands go up. And, and he always says, awesome. There's still some customers left. And so a guy that has, you know, written a book like that right. um, in an investing circle, like there's still people that have not read his book. And, and so even in his own world, like he's like, great, there's still clients left. That's a um, perspective. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's our own limiting beliefs, but again, when we, when we bring it in the sense, so, so two things that I really love about what you just said. Um, I remember when we started uh, our first company, Kara and I, and you know, it was scary. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have this idea that, you know, even what you're doing, you're scaling and growing out um, this business and you're doing a merger and all this stuff. And I think people would look at you from the outside and be like, Oh yeah, Jim's, you know, calm, cool, collective, like he's a seasoned entrepreneur. It's scary, man. People think that like you just get over it. No, every single the problems just get bigger and the challenges get bigger and and the financial needs just keep getting bigger. And if they don't, then you're not growing, right? And you're not excelling. And I remember starting our first company, and I'm curious about how this felt for you. Um, I remember actually having the conversation with Kara saying, What's the worst case scenario? So my worst case scenario was we fail and I have to go back to work for the company that I'm currently working with or one of my competitors. And then I realized I'm already living my worst case scenario. My worst case scenario is I fail and I have to come back to where I'm at today. So what was the journey kind of like for you? A lot of ups and downs. Um, I have made it public and I, I, I very humbly am proud to say that I have recovered from probably hitting rock bottom about twice. And we're not talking like, you know, on drugs, like that, that kind of thing, but just, you know, mental rock bottom. Um, I, I like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur as well. I, ever since I told you about that, uh, my scout master who had, you know, started dropping off computer parts and got me into tech when I was 16. Um, I started my first business, uh, while I was still senior in high school. And from there, it just kind of, it went as we had kids, 
Um, from time to time, I went back to W2 and then I went back to, you know, 1099 or building a company just because of seasons in life. But what I learned is that no matter how hard I try, I still have to try. It, it was just, it was an interesting way of me showing up, but also not finding the balance, but finding the rhythm. And as I kept trying, as I kept sometimes winning, sometimes losing, um, Sean Pete, who we met through Kyle's, uh, Kyle's event, uh, he had a big sign, uh, up in his, his warehouse, which was win or learn. And it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. And I realize in retrospect, a lot of it has just been learning. I, I learned what business model to never get into again, what industry that I love and what I don't want to get into again. And now more than ever, I realize that the more that I truly keep trying, but stay very focused on what I love to do, right? And the more that I learn about me, the more I invest in myself, the more I'm able to serve others, which is always also counterproductive, but they don't teach you that early in school. So joining masterminds, hiring mentors, hiring coaches, getting in the, the rooms with other people, raising your hand, asking for help. And now when I coach, now when I share, now when I have the opportunity to come here and have a conversation with you, I receive the same messages like, wow, thank you for stating that. Thank you for helping me see that a little bit clearer mm -hmm. using Chris as an example. What if Chris just stayed in his financial role and he never decided to break out? He wouldn't have helped connect so many wonderful people into his world because he was so passionate about it. So for me, it's, it's seeing and acting through the lens of others that you admire. And the more that I do that, the more that I stay within that, that zone of, of keeping people close to home that I do admire. Like, I'm grateful to call you a friend, man. And the fact that I could text you if I needed help and I respect your time, but I know you would get back to me at some point. That alone, amplified by so many other people who have this niche expertise, it just gives me that reassurance that I'm never going to hit rock bottom again and that you can't fail because you have so many people in your corner that are that are cheering you on. So good, man. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit. So, why don't you why don't you give us um you, you've started multiple companies, you're in the middle of a merger. Why don't you explain to the audience what what is your what is your core talent? What are what are you building out there? You've got some amazing clients and you're doing some amazing things. I know my team and I were on a call consulting with you about our text platform and and the podcast and how, you know, we grow all this there's a lot of people that lean to you as the expert in the online marketing space, in the brand building space. Um, so why don't, why don't you give us your version of, of what it is you uh, work magic on every day? Absolutely, man. Yeah. When people ask me what I do these days, I just tell them whatever it takes. And I do it through the scope of finding creative ways to use technology to make a bigger impact in the world. That's just my jam. So I grew up as this, for anybody who does know Enneagram, I'm Enneagram 5. I, I have the ability to figure out really, really complicated technical scenarios in my head. And somehow I have the God-given talent to be able to explain it in terms that whether you're technical or non-technical, you can understand. And for me, it's taken me a long time to realize that I do have that innate gift. So because of it, I get to be the creative. I get to be the visionary. I get to be that entrepreneur that can dream big but also I can figure out how to actually get it done. And it's taken an elevated level of my own understanding of myself to realize, but I can't be the only person doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mike, you're, you're, you're a skilled tradesman, you know, by, by past life. 
So you know what it was like to work with your hands to, to build something out of nothing or parts. Um, I'm very similar just on the software side. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be an engineer like you in a sense that we can put things together. But there's a diminishing return of work product when you're the only human doing it. So once I got really clear about that, I realized I want to weaponize positive social impact with technology in a way that I can be part of. And that's exactly what I'm doing now is building agency models, uh, creating a movement, starting to help others find ways to do really hard technical things in a way that makes sense, no matter how you identify. So how we do that is through original content, through marketing strategies, through getting really clear about how to build your brand and build your channel. And from there, do whatever it takes to continue to evolve, continue to grow and continue to shape how you want to show up and how to get your message out. And the way we're doing it is through, uh, like I said, agency models. I uh, work uh, very closely with big brands, big names all the way up from Verizon Media down to anybody who's just getting started. And through that, my passions are through augmented reality, through text marketing. Uh, I work with a lot of charities. Uh, I love to help with fundraisers and find ways to creatively pull together tech resources. That's sort of a little snapshot of, of what fires me up every day that I get to work on. Yeah, I'm super excited to watch this like progression as you've built out this team and you know, just seeing you grow. Uh, quick question on freedom. What does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me is the ability to show up as I want to be. Yeah, you know, I was, I was talking to some family um, over the holidays this year because, again, it's nice to be able to get together with other humans that you love again and uh, <laughs> not be so, so shut in. And, you know, I was really thinking about this, you know, and I, I say this not to brag, but in full pride is, you know, my businesses are making more in a year than most of my family has been able to make all year or over periods of life. And I asked myself too, well, what if I never would have stepped into that ability as well? Um, I would be in the same boat. You know, I would be paycheck to paycheck. I would be trying to get by. I'd be trying to want to figure out ways to take my family on vacations. But, you know, I'm proud to say that now I wouldn't say I am incredibly wealthy. I'll be very honest and transparent. But at the same time, I can take my family out to dinner and we don't have to look at the prices on the menu. And I'm just proud of the freedom that I've given myself to be able to make choices like that. And that has unlocked so much for me. So the ability to just show up as I want to be and still be frugal, but also at the same time, take some risks. That is enough freedom to completely make me happy, man. I love it. It's so good. I had to throw that question in there. Um, I always like, I always like seeing what, you know, it's the investing for freedom podcast. And, you know, so many times people have this monetary outcome and it's never really been about, I, I have a number in my head. I know what I want. I will know my net worth. I know my cash flow. I know what, I know what I'm going toward, but it's never really been about that for me. It's always been about, you know, what do I currently not, what, what do I like the, the greatest question for me is like, what do I currently have to do that? I don't have my freedom around. And I, that's really when you were talking about, you know, becoming a business owner and, and working through all that, I'm always looking at like, what do I have to say yes to this week that I no longer want to say yes to? And that's really always been my filter. So I'm always curious what freedom means to other people. So let's shift back to um, the, the marketing business and, and what you do. I'm curious of your opinion on, I, I'm of the school of thought, and we had a little off-camera discussion about this, but I'm of the school of thought that everyone should have some form of a personal brand, um, whether it's associated with their business or investing or how they want to show up in life. 
Um, what's your thoughts on that? I agree. And the reason that I agree is because we are more connected than ever. We have the ability to discern information at a profound rate, and we are completely inundated with the paradox of choice. So when I have to decide, do I want to work with this person? Do I want to pay this person? Do I want this person to pay me? <laughs> am, I, am I risking that their bill isn't here, their check isn't going to bounce? When, when I'm thinking about a new vendor, a new provider for solar for my house, uh, what kind of coffee do I want to drink? It's not enough to just trust that there's an option anymore. You know, we're not just picking a cabinet from the Sears catalog in the early 1900s because that's the, that's the option that I can have delivered to my house or whatever in, in between. Now it's like, do I want that thing from TikTok? Do I want that politician to win? Do I want to change who I'm buying my coffee from because I believe in sustainability? Whatever the reason is, we do homework. We, we have to figure it out. So we don't need that coffee company to have, you know, 100,000 followers on Instagram. But if they're actively showing up and they're, they're, they're showing us that they care and they're taking the time to do it, well, I would consider that a brand. And I would be proud to purchase from that brand and to help to know that I've made an educated decision as a thoughtful consumer. And I, I see this more and more. You know, another idea, man, is when it comes to hiring, right? So you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. Uh, we have a common friend, Jackie Service, who has been helping us with um, finding more humans to, you know, to kind of fill our HR pipeline. And the more that I talk with my friend, Jackie, I realize what she's told me is she has people coming to her that want to help them, you know, hire and, you know, build their brands, but they're not showing up online. And it's so much incredibly harder for her as a, as a, as an HR, as a hiring agency, this is what she does. She knows where to go to find those quality humans mm -hmm. because those quality humans, what's the first thing they do? They go look for you on Instagram. They go look, find your Facebook page. They go try to see if you're tweeting. And it's not just about social media, but they're going to want to subscribe to your email journey. They're going to want to listen to a podcast. They're going to want to read a blog. They, they want to know who they're working with. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to say it hasn't really been like that for a long period of time. If you got a really good job offer, you just decide if the, if the fee is right, if the commute is fine, <laughs> and you know what the benefits package looks like, and you sign on the dotted line. But these days where there's that ability to choose we have to, as an educated consumer, know that we feel good about our purchase. And, you know, there's times where you just, you know, if you just need a pack of pens, do you really care if they're the best pens or the worst pens? You need a pen. But at the end of the day, if it's something that's worth somebody's time, I'm in the camp that they need to be able to do a fair amount or a bare minimum amount of research on you so they can feel like they're making a good choice, especially in the hiring idea. Because without that personal brand, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're not giving yourself the ability to walk. Yeah. You know, I, I had my epiphany that I was talking about, you know, coming into Chris's mastermind and what led me up to that. I work with a company um, on the capital raising side. That's, you know, they, they do a lot of marketing and stuff on the back end. And this guy had been telling us for a while, us meaning me and my business partner, Andrew, like you guys need to, you need to build your presence because you've got investors that are, you know, stroking checks for a hundred grand, some of them 200, 300, 500 grand, and they can't find you. Like 
you know, we're they're doing they're doing a bunch of backend stuff with SEO and you know, finding investors that want to, you know, invest in passive income and mobile home parks and all this stuff. But the thing that he's been telling us since like 2015 was you got to get your brand built. And it took me a while to figure this out. But the I don't know if I've shared this with you. Did I tell you about when I had a dream and I had my aha moment around the personal brand? No, no. Now I need to hear it. Yeah. So I'm going to share this real quick. And then I'm curious um, about your thoughts. So I remember, so I built my first business. I started in 04. I sold it in 2014. And I've often said it was the best and worst day of my life because for that 10 years of my life, I was this business. I had built this business and marketing was different then. You know, Facebook or Facebook ads didn't really exist. And, you know, we were in the phone books and billboards. And, um, but I still was the face of that business on a local level, chamber of commerce, networking events. But also that, that was me. Like my entire life was in that business. And when I sold it, the reason why I say it was the best and worst day of my life, I'm 34 years old and I'm retired, but also I had no purpose. And I woke up in, this was probably 2016. I literally woke up from a dream thinking to myself, like, so we were working on, you know, positioning the real estate portfolio for an exit and, and talking to private equity and all this stuff. And I literally woke up that morning realizing that I'm going to go through this same thing, building a business again and having another exit. And I'm going to go through an identity crisis because I've been the mobile home park guy for the last six or eight years or whatever. And what I realized is, you know, what's the first question we ask everybody when we meet them? What do you do? And so we find our identity in our career or our business or whatever. But what I realized is if I don't build a personal brand around something that goes with me, no matter what business I'm investing in, or no matter what season of life I'm in, then every single time that I buy and build a business and sell it, I'm going through that same exit problem where my identity goes away with it. And so that was kind of my aha moment. I I actually called our, our consultant that we work with and I'm like, I, I text him actually. I'm like, hey, I just realized this. And he's like, duh, I've been telling you this forever. And so that's what really sent me on this um, mission to build out my personal brand. And so here's the reason why I share that whole story. I talked to, you know, there's a lot of guys in GoBundance and different networks and groups that we're in. And, and understandably so, I get this. They don't want to be on social media. They don't want to waste all their time consuming on social media or you know, being on Facebook. And I understand all of that. But the thing that I'm constantly trying to get people to understand is that's where I've got a buddy who has a very successful business. He's got about 3,000 people, clients that are on his list. And I'm in these Facebook groups. And all the time, people are putting their hand up saying, hey, do you know where I can get XYZ? And I tag him all the time. But guess where he's never at? He's never in Facebook and he's never on social media. And I've had this conversation with him so many times. And I talked to so many business owners that are like, it's a time suck. It's a waste. It's an energy hole. I can't be in there. They're missing out on so much opportunity. This one in particular, I'm like, hire somebody to just be in there to just capture these leads. I bet you I refer, I bet you I refer five leads a week to him on Facebook and he's never there to respond. What's your thoughts on these business owners that think that? They can put their head in the sand when marketing is changing at an exponential rate and not be present and not at least participate in some way. They don't have to be consumers, but they have to figure out how to be creators and be there somehow. I completely agree with you that it may be working for a period of time, but it's not something that's going to last because let's just take you know brands that everybody knows, Nike, Apple, IBM ups and downs. It just, you know, pick anything, even zoom. If you're, a, if you're a bandaid for the situation, it'll, it'll fix it right now. 
But if you're truly not treating it, if, if you're not getting to the root of it and people understand that it's something they can go back to, then you're not timeless, right? You've, you've talked about this on the podcast before. We've talked about it personally is, you know, how do we, how do we build a, a business that's recession proof? You know, it's, it's, it's a really great theory. Mm -hmm. I've been through, you know, a few ups and downs in the market. You have as well. Uh, and whether or not you change out your business or you evolve or anything else, I mean, if you if you strive to build a business that's IPO worthy, doesn't mean it has to go IPO, then you're you're implementing all of the things that give you the sustainability and the, the potential for it. You've got fault tolerance, you've got, you know, cash flow, you've got uh, the ability to generate more wealth, maybe while you sleep, if you will, like a lot of these principles that go into it. So referrals may get you to where you need to go right now. But they're going to tap out or there's going to be a low month and you're going to be like, oh, wow, what am I missing? What am I not doing? So a lot of times we think, well, I need to go where I where where I'm, I'm pointed. But at the same time, I've got to zoom out and like think of the whole thing. Um, really quick example. Well, one of the activities we did actually with the mastermind group from Chris last time he took us to uh, Rad for Racing in uh, outside of Phoenix. And uh, we all got in these, you know, these hot cars. We were in the back of Dodge Diablos, you know, 900 horsepower beasts. And, you know, we're tearing around the, the track and having fun. But they start with a little bit of education, like entrepreneur education. And they're like, here's the thing about driving. If you're only driving where you're pointed, you're going to crash. You have to, you have to drive where you're going, not where you are. And, you know, if you think about that, like next time you get in the car, if you're driving right now, listening to this, please keep an eye on where you're going. But if you think about it for a minute, the next time you go into a turn, when you get behind the car, if you don't look where you're going, you, you quickly get really flustered and, you know, you don't think about that. But when you do think about it, it makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, you can only go so far if you're only seeing around that current corner. If you don't have a map, if you don't have directional understanding, if you don't know actually why you need to get there, then what are you doing? Why are you even driving? Do you really need to go there? And when you think about that at scale, well, what does it take to have that whole map to build the picture? And a lot of times we get really focused on, we, we, we think about what product market fit would be for our business, but we start with product channel fit, right? There, there really is a difference. I look at a personal brand as being part of product market fit, if we're, if we're talking a little bit more business acumen. But if all you're doing is taking referrals or waiting for Mike to tag somebody in and hoping that somebody's going to catch it, <laughs> then you're, you're so focused on the channel, you're not thinking about the whole market. And that's a really, really big detriment to what could be and all good things in time. Maybe don't invest in it today, but don't forget about it tomorrow. Because if you keep pushing it off, you're just, you're never going to see the whole map is the way that I look at it. I love it. So for a business owner or an investor, somebody who's been saying, you know, I know I need to get more present. I know I need to show up out there. I know I need to build my brand. I know I need to build my list. What are one, two, three, four, five easy things that you say, get going on this? This is what you need to do. Well, every business is going to be a little different. And first of all, you have to understand where your customers, where your network and where everything else is going to be. Um, if your business is in real estate, and I am not in real estate, so I'm, I'm not about to speak something I don't know, but that's emblematic of my point, is if real estate is your jam, you have to understand how are you showing up? 
Um, my guess, and this is a complete guess, you, Mike, you know real estate more than me, but I'd like to think that most real estate is centralized, right? You have an expertise in an area and then you have the ability to stretch out, you have partnerships and things. So if you're just focusing on local real estate deals, then how do you show up better locally? Do you have to put your face on the side of your, you know, a bus? Uh, do you have to have the billboards? Um, or are people actually searching because they don't know what options are out there and you need to be hyper-targeted? So firstly, we need to think about that. If you're building a countrywide business, a global business, we have to think of meeting people where they're at. So when it comes to marketing, it comes in so many forms. But for me, the way that I like to break it down is reverse engineering whatever that big goal is. Think of your business, think of your ideal customer, Think of your current highest paying customer, your, your current biggest deal, the one that lights you up, brings you the most joy. How do we find more of them? How do they show up? What do they look for? Are they listening to podcasts? Are they searching Google? Are, you know, what was the last conversation you had with them when you sat down for coffee or a drink? And taking the moment to reverse engineer and just think about it as simply as that unlocks so much. But the beautiful thing about that is it also defers so much else. It says, well, if they're not on Twitter and they don't have anything to do with it, and that, that's just not that type of archetype of that person, then maybe I can experiment with Twitter, but I probably don't have to go all in on it. But if you keep hearing that they're the kind of customer that likes to read business journals, that likes to invest in nice things, that likes to take their time to research, well, let's think of platforms and channels that actually let us do that. Blogging is huge. Well, if you have a podcast, just take your audio, go to rev.com, transcribe that thing, copy and paste it, throw it into Grammarly, you know, $30 a month account, fix all of the errors, all the stuff, you know, all the typos or whatever else, copy and paste that, put it on your website and hit publish. It's a start. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if done is better than perfect, and you're targeting it to where your ideal customer is, it doesn't matter if one person or 100 people read it, the fact is you're showing up and you're continually trying something. As, you know, as an SEO expert, somebody who's been in this for well over a decade, so many people have asked me, how often do I need to blog? How often you know, does it take for Google to pick that stuff up? And the answer is actually as simple as what you already expect, which is you could do one a week or you could do one a year, but whatever you do, be consistent. Maybe one a year is a little too far out, but let's just say one a week, one a month, a couple a week, whatever it is, but whatever you do, be consistent. And that would be the same on any channel. If you're going to show up, show up everywhere or show up somewhere, but just keep showing up. And that's the ability to start getting on the radar for that perfect person that you're trying to hunt for. What, what advice do you have? I mean, obviously I, I love what you said about just showing up because I think a lot of times we think you know, we got to go to the five posts a day on seven different platforms. And it's kind of like dieting or trying to get our health in order. You know, we're, we're coming up on new years and everybody, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week and I'm going to change all this stuff and I'm going to quit drink. We go so extreme all the time, but I like what you said about just being consistent. So it's better to show up and post once a week or once a day or whatever, than say, Hey, I'm going to do it five times a day and get burnt out. So what, what's kind of like a few, and I know there's a lot of different platforms and everything else, but what, what's some things that you think are, are uh, something that the average person or business owner needs to do consistently? For me, I feel that one, you have to find something that lights you up. 
like you just you have to right because if you feel that marketing is a burden for you you just have to have that check in with yourself so for me i love marketing for me it's the ability to not only influence other people to think about a different way of processing what they already were looking for but it's a way to spread your message it's a way to to build a bigger impact marketing doesn't have to be sleazy like marketing has changed and uh, you know just because you get targeted for crap on instagram doesn't mean that all marketing is bad <laughs> so the ability to reconnect with a brand the ability to learn about a new brand and if we think about what is the thing that lights us up the most what modality do you love to pour into or you're willing to love to pour into then start with that so if it's a podcast I mean, there are a lot of podcasts out in the ecosystem, but there are only ever going to be more. Why? Because the channel demands it. We're a society that wants information for free. But the beautiful thing about something for free is when it's free, you are the product. And hate to break it to you if you never thought about it this way, but when you listen to a podcast, that information may come for free. But the price you pay is that there's there's an equal energy exchange where the person hosting the show understands what people care about. They know how to connect. Mike like we talked about, we have this opportunity to connect and and share share information. So, when you have that ability and that innate desire, find what you love and be consistent for it. So for me for example, I don't have a podcast simply because I've support I've loved supporting so many other people with them over the years. but i also just don't want to start something i can't in all good you know all all good perspective finish like i need to finish what i start and i am closer than ever to it and i'm trying to find something that really lights me up a topic you know whatever that is but on the outset of it i still show up on instagram i still post to twitter i still you know my my team helps me get everything on linkedin and on all of that nothing's perfect but at least i'm out there and i truly believe that if you're looking for something to light you up or you have something that lights you up just finding ways to do more with that is what's going to keep you consistent and you energetically will show up to the right people so much better because they see that you love what you do and how to get out there you don't have to blog like you don't have to blog it's fine i i don't blog right now and i've been an seo for a decade it, it's that simple but i know that at a period of time i need to get more consistent with it so we have a service that takes audio and converts it into blogs and that's on our roadmap and we are rolling things out as we go so when you find something that lights you up finding a way to be consistent with it is what's going to get you to show up stronger and i believe that that is the simplest way to get connected to where you want to go with your business I love the way you just package that up because you know even for me I love the podcast and I love having amazing conversations with amazing humans what I don't love is the minutia of Instagram and posting I don't I don't love creating posts and I don't love creating captions and I don't love blogging um but I've found a way just as you said leaning into it and this is I I think if if nothing else if some if everybody listening took what you just said to heart by by me podcasting i found something that i really love doing and then i've surrounded myself with a team that does the rest of it and you your your company even does a lot of this for people like the done done for them service whatever you call it 
Um, we don't have to do every aspect of it. We just have to figure out how to show up and then outsource the things that we don't like. And this is something that I've been, I guess, pounding on lately. So many investors slash business owners, if you talk to a real estate investor and they're like, oh yeah, I put a hundred grand into a, you know, a real estate investment that pays me 10 or 15 or 20,000 a year, that's a crazy, amazing return on their investment. But then you talk to somebody that's like, hey, you're going to have to put 20 grand into advertising on you know, Facebook or whatever. They're going to freak out on you, right? People just have this inherent... The smartest business people and investors that I know, they're, they're fine investing in real estate. They're fine investing in people, but they're not fine investing in you know, social media and a content team. And they're, what? A podcast is going to cost me how much a month? We don't think about it in terms of ROI because it's this thing that we don't understand. And that's why people like you have companies like you do to help us navigate that and sort through it. So I appreciate that perspective. For sure. And even if, even if I didn't have a company around it, I've learned that that's honestly just the answer. And um, I fell victim to my own not willing to accept that for a lot of years too. I didn't show up on social media. Again, I would remember I was sitting behind the keyboard. I didn't want to be in the limelight because we have this idea in our head of what limelight means. And what I realized is, well, wait a minute, I can take a Zoom recording and I have a video editor on my team, I have copywriters on my team, I have keyword assistants on my team. And even if you don't have those people, you probably have somebody who can help you get further than you would go on your own. Hmm. And one of our golden thread services that really ties my whole agency together the service was built out of the desire for me to actually show up a little bit more. Like the person who was helping me post on my social was like, Hey Jim, you got any new videos for me? And I was like, Nope, <laughs> just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not actively recording video. Like you're not going to find me with a videographer in the park, you know, walking around with the gimbal, like trying to teach something that just wasn't something that lit me up. And guess what? It was because that to the Enneagram thing. I, I just did that with Tracy. So it's top of mind, but it's like, I'm not, my mind just doesn't work that way. Like I don't like being on the pedestal and doing that. I'll go on stage and I'll deliver an awesome keynote. Like I love that, but being behind the camera, just being the camera, I don't enjoy it, but I love having a conversation like this. Like Mike, we're on zoom right now and I can see you. It's great. I feel like I'm connected with you. So I energetically in it. And I was like, wait, why don't I just take what I'm already doing and do more with it? But the key is I can't just do it once. I'm not going to create a YouTube channel and put three videos out. Like this has to be something that I'm willing to commit to. Yeah. So yeah, I may not just want to write a check for hundred grand by an investment property and wait for it to cash flow. But what I can do is invest in both short, short game and long game by just playing the game. And when I got really clear about that, I was like, wait, no, yeah, other people need this too. So just to add some context to what Mike just said here, for me, it was, I realized that even as the type A visionary entrepreneur that can figure it out, if I'm not doing it, there's a lot of other people that probably aren't doing it. So why not find a way to make it easy so somebody can do what they love and just make sure that that message gets out there bigger and broader than ever. I love it. Last question. What's one thing that you used to do yourself that you now pay someone else to do to create more freedom in your life? Ooh, I can only pick one. <laughs> Give me three. Yeah, no. So, I mean, um, here, here's one thing is actually engagement on social media. So um, about four or five months ago, I hired somebody to actually help me with engagement on social media. 
And at first it felt kind of like a bougie type of expense. I was like, why am I paying somebody to, you know, help kind of tee off DMs and stuff like that. But what I realized is that when I got really focused and centered on what lights me up during the day and what tears me down, Instagram was one. Like I like genuinely catching up with friends, seeing what people are doing. And Mike, if I see that, you know, you put up a quote and I like it, like I want to be able to react to it. Like I do enjoy that. But when I felt that I needed to be present on there, kind of like your buddy who you're tagging in, I kind of feel like your buddy may be very similar to me, which is like, there's a resistance there simply because they don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So when I realized, well, wait a minute, if, if all it takes is somebody to be my front line, she simply accepts all incoming things, organizes it, taps me in on, on what's needed. And ever since that, I've actually enjoyed the platform more. So engagement's one. And that's, that's the context behind the why is it wasn't just because I wanted somebody to do it for me. It was, no, I, I needed somebody to help kind of discern what I needed to know in a way that made sense for me. And not only have I gotten clients out of it, not only have I gotten better relationships out of it, not only have I gotten more podcast bookings out of it, but it's simply because I was consistent showing up in what mattered to me and I needed somebody to help me along the way. Um, that's probably the most recent kind of fun one that I, that I think would resonate with this audience. But uh, on, on kind of a higher level, you know, uh, we talked about this um, as part of this recent um, acquisition that, that I had. Um, it came with a new business partner. And the reason that it came with a new business partner is because I got really clear that I didn't want to be on the front line of sales for my business. I wanted to be the leader um, I wanted to be somebody to inspire. I wanted to lead the charge of getting us to be a certified B Corp. Like those were all the things I wanted. I passionately, passionately wanted, but I just wasn't super passionate about the sales pipeline and getting on calls and zoom and organizing pitch decks and putting pricing together. I will help to the last hour of my day, but I didn't want to lead it. And I found that my new business partner, that's all he wanted to do. So that would probably be the other one that I want to add in there is to the level of bringing in an equity business partner to my business. I realized that I had to have a, like a really clear check-in with myself and get really, really detailed on how I start to delegate. And now I love to show up on calls. I love to be present, love to be part of it, but I'm truly delegating at a higher level than ever because I realized that's the only way I can serve my family, myself and my companies. You know, you've said it a couple of times on, on the, the podcast today, but when you're talking about just being, you know, cognizant of that energy, being energetically connected to what you're doing, so much value in that. Um, that's kind of my check-in point too, when I'm not showing up excited and energized. And if I'm dreading being on a certain call, I'm constantly taking inventory. Like, what is this? And right. uh, I love that wisdom. Uh, you know, and on that note with your, with your new business partner, who I love, by the way, um, one of my mentors always says, if two partners have the same strength, one of them's not needed. And it's just another example of what you're talking about. When we can align, you know, some people would think that by bringing on a business partner, you're losing something. But the reality is, and Karen, and I say this with the couples mastermind all the time, it's obviously true in your business relationship. One plus one can equal a hundred. It's not necessarily subtraction. It can be multiplication, right? And so it's just, it's how we dial in and, and how we think about it. So 
Um, it's, yeah, it's the perspective of the plus sign. You know, multiplication is only a quick rotation of it. So the more that we realize, all we have to do is just visualize it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, just the the opportunities that have presented us ever since we aligned, um, me and the new business partner, um, way more than individually what we each were doing or were ready to do. And that that's the perfect example of the one plus one or one, one times one can be a hundred is what we don't always see are the trailing zeros. Like they're there. We just have to include them as part of the equation. So good. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. And and I think uh, the audience will greatly benefit from your you know experience and backstory. So um, if people want to find you, where's, where's the best way uh, for them to find you? Yeah, for sure, man. I'm so glad to be here and have conversations with you as well. Um, probably two two different ways. Um, Instagram is is typically where I am. You'll you'll maybe meet my person who uh, helps with initial engagement. Just tell them that Mike sent you and to tap Jim in, and <laughs> she'll know exactly what to do. Uh, but that is emblematic of delegation at its finest. Um, on Instagram, my name is. You can search for Jim Carter the third. Um, our past president kind of beats me in some rankings and I'm not mad at that, but that that's all right. Uh, but my Instagram handle, uh, username is cause hacker. If you ever heard the term growth hacker, um, I was a growth hacker for so many years and I just decided I was tired of doing it for the money and I wanted to do it for purpose. So that's a little backstory behind that. I'm at cause hacker. Uh, you can find me there. I post a lot of stuff about SEO growth, things like this. And you will see my very, very messy action, non-perfect showing up consistently because I do believe so much in that. Um, and other than that, um, I also do have a text community. I love engaging with people there, sharing tips, growth strategies, breaking changes to algorithms, just stuff that you may want to know as uh, as a business owner, um, some of the theories and the ideas that you know we talked about here. And that number is 310 496 3389. So feel free to shoot me a text as well. And I'd love to keep you up to date with all things tech and answer some questions, help point you in the right direction. You know, I love um, that you just shared there again at the end, like, you know, they, they might meet your engagement person because that is a great example of what I think our audience needs to understand. You need to be there. You need to be present. You need to be showing up in the world. But again, it's it's the same version of hiring a manager in your business or hiring an admin or anything else. Uh, hire, hire somebody to help you with the marketing side. So great way to put a bow on that, Jim. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Such a great conversation. Um, really grateful for the opportunity to um, chat with you and and hopefully share a little bit with the audience. And uh, yeah, again, the, the offers out there for anybody listening that feels a little overwhelmed with technology, doesn't know where to start, fe- feels like they just need a little bit more support. Um, th- this is the stuff that lights me up. And for Mike, for for your audience, it's the it's the least that I can offer that would, uh, would make me happy to be able to serve. So feel free to shoot me a DM or shoot me a text and I'm more than happy to help get some, get some ideas going, point you in the right direction to some vendors, some agencies, some people that I know um, that, that possibly can help you scale your business and grow your impact. Awesome, thank you, sir. Appreciate you, man. Have a great one. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.